like we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that. Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Which one's Kevin? Kev, I thought we nailed the whole transfer thing earlier. Yeah, I wrote it on my hand, but then I washed it. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Guess who's back? And Kevin McCuller is officially back to KU. How about KU baseball, by the way? Big-time victory over the Texas Longhorns, the top seed in the Big 12 tournament. And uh, we'll see if KU can go on a magical run. We'll be airing all their games over the course of the week here on KLWN. We'll get more into the KU baseball stuff. Brian Haney is actually going to join us, so we'll talk to him about that and the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic at about 445. We've got two grade 8 RCST trivia matchups coming at you in the 4 o'clock hour. Florida Man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour, but certainly the uh, the captain steering the ship today, if the ship is the show, is Kevin McCuller. Yes. Yes. He's coming back. He's back. Even though it was maybe not what we expected, not what we thought would happen, uh, it's, it's obviously fantastic news. And now all of a sudden, all of that debating over, oh, Kaluma, oh, Julian Phillips, oh, doesn't mean a damn thing, man. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Because Kevin McCullough's back, and he's going to be filling that position anyway. So uh, it's a huge gift for Kansas. Uh, again, Spring Bill, again, I'm sure, was was all over this one as well. So really, really uh, fantastic news for KU. And it answers almost every question you possibly had about KU basketball. And it solidifies them as being a top from a top five roster to a top one roster, basically. Uh, I would say when you look at their possible starting lineup, and the rally situation is they might not be done yet. They might not be done yet also. So uh, just incredible work by KU to put together this roster. And, uh, you know, we, we also this also kind of uh, alleviates some of the discussions we had previously about the idea of, well, what happens if you just smash together a bunch of talented players that didn't play together? Well, now guess what? You've got three starters. You've got three starters back from last year's team that was a one seed and was, you know, a Big 12 champions and all that other stuff, right? So... This, this really, really answers so many questions that we had about KU from a lot of different perspectives and really solidifies them as probably the best roster on paper in the country heading into the fall, and that's, that's obviously very exciting. And, you know, McCuller, really happy he's back. You know, he has an opportunity to, to expand his draft stock potentially if he comes back and has a Jalen Wilson-type year where maybe he can increase his three-point percentage up a little bit. And, you know, on top of that, 
he has a chance to be the leader of this team, right? I mean, obviously you have Dewan Harris, who is he's just always been more of a quiet guy, right? Like he, Dewan Harris is more of the the quiet leader, right? And Jalen Wilson last year carried that more vocal leader type mentality. Now this year, that torch is passed to Kevin McCuller, right? I think so. Uh, and that's actually a good question that you know we hadn't really brought up, and usually we do every year. Who Who's going to be the vocal who's leader the vocal? of the team, right? Yeah, yeah. There was no questions coming into last year, and during last year it was Jalen Wilson. I think even to a certain extent, Jalen was kind of that guy the year before on the title team a little bit. Um, there were, I think, different leaders who chimed in on that team. He had a lot of older players. Yeah. As great as Dewan Harris is, as much as he's a steadying force, he's not somebody who is like a vocal leader. Yeah, he's not just a big vocal guy. Right, and and you can get by with guys who are leaders by example, but I think you need both. I think yes. you do need both. And now KU has that with Kevin McCuller, right? Um, you have the guy who's been in the system with Bill Self. And uh, I think Kevin Flaherty pointed this out on Twitter uh, that – like every title team since 1997 Arizona, like that was the last one to buck this trend. So every team since 98 who has won the title has had at least three returning starters. KU now fits that bill now. And the amount of experience that is throughout the lineup for KU, yeah. I mean, if, if let's say Nick Timberlake is your other starter. I mean, this is um, an old man. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson has a ton of experience, right? I mean, right? this is like grandpa, a bunch of grandpas out it there. It is, especially in today's day and age in college basketball. So, I mean, this was basically... You needed at this point that one final rotation piece. And yeah. it's funny because this was kind of a, a fun little surprise. I, I definitely did not expect Kevin McCullough to return. I to wasn't Kansas, expecting it either. Right? I mean, we had okay. Shreyas on last week and he put it at 25%. And then he we came on, on yesterday, yesterday and he said it was even lower. lower. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did we not put enough stock into the idea that Kansas is going to Puerto Rico this year and then Maui for the Maui Invitational? <laughs> Do you think that played in at all to Kevin McCullough wanting to return? It, it might have. I mean, a free trip to Maui, free trip right. to Puerto Rico, that sounds pretty good. No, but in all honesty, good. like, what do you think would have changed? Like, why, why do you think this is? Because it seemed like all the signals were pointing to him staying in the NBA draft. Do you think this was an NBA thing? Do you yeah, think this I mean, was a Kansas thing? There's there's really only there's only two options, I think, that would make the most sense. Would be either, A, it was an NBA thing where NBA teams were like, hey, listen, there's no guarantee you're going to get drafted, right? And Bill Self, made, Bill Self made this comment back in March or back in you know, or late March, early April, whenever he had his press conference about the fact that, hey, Kevin McCuller had some two-way cop, two-way contract options available to him last season and decided to return and, and play college basketball. So that tells me that he probably had that again this year, I would think, right? So he clearly must have been looking for something else, like a guarantee of, hey, you're going to get drafted by this team in the, you know, maybe it's in the second round or whatever. And so I, I guess maybe that never came to fruition. There were no team. There were a bunch of teams. Maybe were like, yeah, we're not guaranteeing we're going to draft you or we're not going to draft you, but you might have a chance to get a two way onto mm -hmm. the team, right? That's the first way thing you can look at. But absolutely, I'm sure that Bill Self in Kansas had discussions with Kevin McCullough and was like, hey, listen, through NIL, you can do just fine financially. You don't have to worry about that. There's a there's a clear cut spot for you right now on this team. And it makes perfect sense. It's a slam dunk. I think uh, I think it might have been the day you were gone where I talked about this. But, I mean, from the Kansas standpoint, it always made perfect sense for Kevin McCullough to come back, right? And I think sometimes KU fans selfishly will look at things only from that standpoint, right? Where it's like, of course it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't he? Well, because, you know, there's other factors involved. But I'm sure that Kansas, I'm sure that Bill Self was was talking to him, right? Like what, last week when Bill Self was at the Combine to, for, to support Jalen. Quote, unquote. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm sure he talked to Kevin McCullough then. I'm sure he's been talking to him since then. And so 
yeah, either eventually that stuff was just eventually either that stuff from that Bill Self was saying just kind of got to Kevin and was like, hey, you know, yeah, this makes a lot of sense for me. I have a chance to be a leader on a team that's going to contend for a national championship uh, to solidify my legacy as a college basketball player to solidify my Kansas legacy. Right. Uh, so that that was probably one factor. But I have to think that the NBA stuff also factored into right, because even leading up to this, a lot of things that we had heard was, hey, Kevin McCullers committed to to trying to make it to the NBA and whatnot and everything like that. So I would think there must have been some conversations where NBA teams just weren't willing to guarantee certain things that maybe Kevin McCullers was interested in in combination with the fact that Bill Self was maybe nudging him and saying, hey, dude, there is a perfect jigsaw puzzle piece for you to fit back into this team going into next season to be – a top one team in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe just a combination of those two factors is, and, you know, and listen, I'm sure it was not an easy decision, right? I mean, it's, it's something where you, you obviously, if you are a, a basketball player of that caliber, a lot of those guys dream of playing in the NBA, right? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, some guys dream of playing at, at KU or dream of, of, you know, playing through the college level too. But a lot of those guys, the main dream is the NBA, right? And so I'm sure there is, there, there was some difficulty in saying, you know, this, I really want to make it this year, but maybe it might make more sense for me to, to come back and, and try again next year, right? I mean, look at look at Jalen Wilson. He did that two years in a row. So that's what I have to think because I was thinking about it like there's no way that Kevin McCullers' second scrimmage would have, like, this drastically changed everything, right? Like, he's yeah. fr- like his first scrimmage was fine at the combine. The second scrimmage he had was, was rough. I think he fouled out, didn't score in, this, in the second scrimmage that they did, but, like, I just I have a very very hard time believing that that was like a tipping point of you know him not being able to make it on a team versus him making it on a team right so the, I think it to me it to me it has to have had come down to Bill Self and kind of pitching McCuller as what he could be coming back to this team in in combination with maybe McCuller just didn't love the conversations that he had with some NBA teams about possibly getting drafted versus getting like a two-way contract and so the combination of those two things led to this yeah so my hypothesis is obviously if you're KU you put the press on uh you don't land McKenzie and Baco maybe you have a good amount of NIL to go his way and and he already did like and enjoy KU maybe he doesn't like uh maybe he's to a point where he doesn't want to go to school anymore he just wants to play basketball I don't know how you can work around that like can you just enroll him in like you know a dance class or something or hey listen I took a coaching basketball class at KU so I know there's classes out there that you can take that that are very easy. Classes. Sure. Um, and I think from KU's perspective, obviously the role and impact and, and everything is there. I, I go yeah, back I mean, it's, to it's a slam dunk for KU. Yeah. I go back to the moment that Bill Self spoke for the first time in the off season. And he mentioned that last year when Kevin McCuller was going through the process, he had multiple two way contract guarantees yeah, yeah. and he opted to come to Kansas instead. And looking back at that, I think it becomes even more prevalent to the idea that for Kevin, that was never enough. He exactly. Yes. It, so, like, even if that was on the table again this yes. year, he wanted more. He wanted more. He wanted a real contract guarantee. Yes, or a real draft guarantee. Right. Like, hey, it's, we're gonna we are going to draft you at fifty two or whatever. Or, yeah. You know, second round. And so when that wasn't there, and and I think to your point on the second scrimmage, I don't think it was enough to yeah, one small scrimmage like that. If somebody was like, you know what, we will draft you fifty two, and then it happened, it wasn't going to be like, oh, now we won't. I think more likely what the second scrimmage would be about, which because it was also weird, he didn't like measure and, and do like the jumping and the stuff like that. Um, if you weren't somebody, he was you were going to draft at fifty two, right? If a team wasn't going to be like, we'll take you at fifty or we'll take you at fifty five, 
you, your second scrimmage wasn't going to change their mind in the positive way. You know what I mean? So like Probably not. So, like, it wouldn't have had a positive impact, basically, is the way of, of looking at it. And so then it becomes more of a thing of, like, okay, well, I could get a two-way deal, or do I come back to KU? And at that point, when your options are that, then it becomes maybe more of a coin flip and ends up kind of being the bit of a surprise there. And now you do kind of follow the path of that 2021-22 to team that returned four starters but had a bunch of transfers in. Now, it's not as many transfers this year's team and, and everything, but um, the questions that we've kind of poked at about, you know, very much we could learn this season what's more important to a Bill Self-successful team because typically it's experienced teams under Bill Self do the best. But th- there were two ways of looking at it. It's... Is it just any type of experience, any type of older players do well in the Bill Self system, or is it just that the players who specifically have experience in his system do well? Because every time there's been an experienced KU team that has done well under Bill Self, they're also experienced in the KU system. And now that no longer becomes a question. You have three starters back from last year's team. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, you had floated this a little bit after the Mbako stuff, Mm -hmm. this idea of... KU misses Mbako. People were kind of down in the dumps a little bit. Oh, you know, Indiana, Mark Cuban swoops in and steals him. But you had floated the idea of what if this is actually better for KU and and they end up landing a guy coming back from the NBA draft who has a higher floor, maybe a lower ceiling. Well, how about Kevin McCuller? I sure. think that fits that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, if you were ranking, let's I mean, say— Would you rather have Kevin McCuller right now or Mackenzie Mbako? Well, I, I think the idea, the ceiling of Mbako, I—, I I'm afraid to box myself in the corner uh, of a standpoint of like, what if Mbako has the one of those one and done type seasons where he averages like 17 and seven and shoots 40% from three. And I'm going to feel really stupid. But in theory, before the McKenzie Mbako commitment, if at that time we had known that, let's say it was, hey, KU has the option. Both want to come to KU and it's Kevin McCuller or McKenzie Mbako. You can only have one of two. You would have taken Kevin McCuller. I think so, too. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. For and the experience, experience, for the defense, the defense like for said, the, the leadership, floor, the known commodity. For, yeah, for the floor, for the fact that you know, I mean, it's not. I mean, I don't think this. I don't think this will happen. But what if Mackenzie Mbako had an MJ Rice type season where it just didn't click? It just didn't click for him, and he just you know, it just didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. That that was not. That's not entirely out of their own possibility if he comes to KU. Whereas with Kevin McCuller, yeah, you're getting a bona fide, guaranteed thirty to thirty five minutes a guy at the three position. Lockdown defense, a great leadership guy, fantastic in the locker room, loves Kansas, plays really hard, does everything you want a guy to do for K for if you're Bill Self, right? So, yeah, I, I think you would have to go with that option because it uh, again with, with this roster with Mackenzie and Baco, you look at it and you say, okay, yeah, it's probably a top one roster. With Kevin McCuller, you look at it and say that's a top one roster, no doubt about it, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, now you look at it and. They pretty much have the rotation complete of that number one team. I mean, you go up and down. Some of the superlatives you can fling out about this roster. They have the best center in the Big 12. I don't really yes. think that's even up for debate. You have one of the best setters in the country, but in the Big 12, it's it's a little more barren that, at that position. You have the best point guard in the Big 12. Yep. Um, I guess maybe if Adam Flagler comes back to Baylor, they could make that argument. But also, is Flagler really a true point guard? I don't know. Yeah. Comes to an interesting conversation. Uh, you have, in my opinion, the two best defenders in the Big 12. I mean, yes. both I mean, were... The one here's one Big 12 right. defensive player of the year, and, and Kevin McCuller could have easily won it. Exactly. Um, and I mean, heck, at this point, I'm a little hesitant to say this because you would have thought this going into last year, too, just based on the talent you had, 
I feel more comfortable about it this year, though, just because there are some players who, I don't know, I, I just feel better about it. Maybe it's just because they're not known commodities yet and anything that hasn't been you know, used, it's the new price attached to it. But at this point, I feel like you have the potential to be one of the best benches in the Big 12, too. Right? Mm, yeah, so you're going to be, you're going to have El Marco slash Nick Timberlake slash Arterio Morris. Like two of those three will be coming two off the bench. Two of those three are coming off the bench. Right? And then like KJ Adams could be your bench center, even if he starts at the and four. KJ, yeah, and then KJ Adams is going to be kind of Marcus Adams. Like Marcus uh, Adams. I don't know. It, it could be very interesting. Uh, you could also say you have one of the best shooters in the Big I mean, 12, Nick okay. Timberlake, right? You definitely feel good about your bench backcourt. Can we put it that way? The front court, right. you might have some questions still about. But yeah. also, if Hunter Dickinson plays 32 minutes, yeah, then, that eats up most of it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who cares? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's kind of really perfect in a lot of ways. We, uh, you were looking for that last impact player in the rotation. Yep. Right? You already had with Arterio, Amarco, Dewan, Nick Timberlake, KJ Adams, Hunter Dickinson. You already had six go-to for sure's in the rotation. Yep. Once it gets to March, it'll probably just be seven guys. It might be an eighth where it's like, okay, this guy occasionally comes in. Boom, you have that covered now. You have you you need a, you didn't really have a small forward. I mean, nope. Jamari McDowell is, but how much is he going to play? I mean, again, the biggest hole of that was remaining was at the three. And you right? got it. And boom. And he can cover four minutes as well, which we yes. know. Yes. And I, and I think beyond that, just the the impact he can have in terms of insulating, you know, wh- what was the big question when KU was going after Hunter Dickinson? I shouldn't say big question because everybody was clearly like, yeah, you take him. The the one the one minor little footnote about, well, this has been a, a quote-unquote weakness for uh, Michigan and, and Hunter Dickinson. It was the defense of Hunter Dickinson. It was, he's he's a big lumbering big man. Is he going to be able to get out in space and defend? Well, guess what? You now have the perfect defensive insulation around him with Dewan Harris, Kevin McCuller, Elmarco Jackson, and Arterio Morris should be able to pressure the heck out of the basketball. Arterio, we know, is a good defender. Elmarco, I get the sense that he should be with his athleticism, but I guess you never do totally know. That they have the per- KJ Adams, good defender. They have a perfect lineup around Hunter Dickinson, and and I go back to Hunter Dickinson's freshman year. That team finished fourth in the country on defense his freshman year, and the reason why was because they had the perfect defensive insulation around him. They had Franz Wagner. They had uh, Isaiah Livers. They had good defenders around him, and now if you're KU, you have the good defenders around him. You raise your floor on the defensive end with Kevin and Dewan. You raise your ceiling on the defensive end with Kevin and Dewan. And then you basically just point to the offensive end and you're like, well, there still is the question about shooting, but yeah. you at the very least this year, which you didn't have last year, if at times you were inconsistent shooting, this time you can at least dump it down low. This time you at least have guards who can attack the rim. This time you have guards who can beat guys off the dribble, right? Um, this time, I, I guess you do. I, I mean, you still have Timberlake and, and Grady Dick. There are some similarities there with the three-point shooting. Uh, that this team's ceiling to me feels so much higher than last year's team. I think the floor could be probably pretty similar. If you were to just compare lineup to lineup, like you could be like, okay, Dewan Harris should be better this year than he was last year. Yes. Um, Nick Timberlake, if he starts at the two versus Grady Dick, Grady Dick, better overall player, yeah. but you could argue Timberlake a, a better, more complete college shooter at yeah, this level. In shooting, in yeah. shooting. Yeah. Kevin McCuller this year, you'd argue better than Kevin should McCuller last be year. Better, yeah. Obviously, you're. If we view it from Jalen Wilson to KJ Adams, it's I, I don't mean in a slight to to 
KJ, but you view it as a downgrade because Jalen was first team. But if we just view it from this perspective, Jalen at the four, KJ at the five, just your front court of Jalen and KJ versus this year, your front court of KJ and Hunter, KJ should be better and Hunter should be around the same tier that Jalen Wilson was yeah, in production. the country. And then you have a much better bench this year. Yeah. So like in theory, last year's team was the third overall one seed. Yeah. And you seem to be better than that on paper. Yeah, so two thoughts. Number one, going back to your point about the ceiling of this team versus last year. Remember, Bill Self multiple times throughout the season last year made some comments about how he basically felt like last year's team, everybody was maxing out what they could do, right? I think he said that multiple times, especially once they got into like February and March, about how he felt like everybody was maxing out of what they could achieve, right? And look where that team got to. This team, if they're maxing out what they can achieve, I think, like you just highlighted, can go much further, can go much further. Right now, there is the only other question you do have. I mentioned how Kevin McCuller answers so many different questions for KU. The only question you might still have is with the shooting. Right? Does a lineup of you know, let's say you let's say you want to throw out Dickinson, KJ McCuller, and then you know El Marco or Arterio plus Dewan. Where's where where's the knockdown shooting coming from that lineup? So basically, anytime Timberlake is not on the floor. What's the shooting looking like for Kansas? And that's that's kind of similar, I guess, to how it was last year, but you still had Jalen Wilson, right? And this is where I think for McCuller, if if he is able to increase his three-point percentage to like 30, even like 32, 33, 34%, right? That would help alleviate a lot of the pressure of that question. But yeah, I think that, that maybe might be the only legitimate question. But again, you can just circle back and say, well... Last year, when Grady Dick wasn't on the floor and KU had questions about the three-point shooting, they did not have the ability to just throw it to a guy who could automatically post up and and have a high percentage chance to score. Right. So maybe it doesn't even maybe that's not even as much of an issue as we might make may think it could be. Right. Because of the fact that you can just you can just throw it into Hunter. You can let El Marco Jackson, you know, slice and dice in the lane and see what he can do to the rim. Right. So there there are other things with this team that they have that last year's team didn't really quite have just in terms of personnel to alleviate that issue of maybe not having a go-to 35-plus percent three-point shooter on the floor at all times. Yeah. No, you you do bring up a good point, and I think that'll be key for uh, both Kevin McCuller and KU because from Kevin's standpoint, I, yeah, I know— That's the only way you can raise the draft stock. Right, and, and I know we were talking with Shreyas, and, and he was talking to some people that were like, ah, I don't know how much more he can raise his draft, draft stock. I'll be—I I, kind of disagree with that, and I, and I don't mean to— because we, we talked about Treyas having the the percentage. We, we I had a 15%, so I, yeah, I, I had mean, it even my, lower had than lower. he did. Yeah. Um, but I, I disagree from the standpoint of, for, if you're Kevin McCuller, the one thing that is preventing you from being drafted is your three-point shot. So, I, with Kevin McCuller, you're you're not going to be a lottery pick. At the end of the day, I don't think NBA teams like like if you're drafting Kevin McCuller, you're drafting him for the defense and hoping he can be a three and D wing and be a role player for you. If that's the case, and you're drafting someone to be a role player in the second round, I don't think NBA teams really care if you're 24 or 23. At that point, they just want you to be that complete product. So if he true. comes back and and you know shoots. 35, 36% from three, I think he could be a high second round pick. Maybe he could even in a bad but, draft. Okay, what did he shoot last year? Like 29? Well, that's been the thing. He has been between 28 and like 31% all four years of college. So the problem you run into there is because he was is 29. It, is it realistic to, to expect for him to make a jump of we haven't seen it. four, five, six right. percent? And the other question here that I think is worth pointing out, Kevin has had to deal with injuries through his college career. 
He played, I think, 29 games his first year, only 20 his second year. I think 29 again his third year. He missed banged up last year. Yeah, he missed, uh, what, the Big 12 tournament, some of those games with the back injury. He was was playing with an injury for a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. There were some games where he didn't miss them, but you knew that he wasn't 100%. And so to that point, KU still has one scholarship left. It would not surprise me if they just held it and said, well, the rotation's pretty set. Why upset anyone else with bringing in somebody else who could get playing time? At the same point in time, though, because Kevin does have the injury passed, would you still consider bringing on somebody else with that other scholarship? So you're basically saying, do you still go after a Kaluma? Do you still go after yeah, a sure. Grant Nelson? Mm-hmm. Do you still go after a... Or would you still Kama? go after someone, but you would limit yourself to somebody who is more of like a developmental player? But again, those guys aren't just out there, really. Yeah. Because at this point, it's either grad transfers or guys coming back from the draft. Yeah. Which are not developmental players. Those are different types of players. I mean, obviously, there's still the Camp Spencer kid from Rutgers. I don't even know if KU has had any contact no, with him, I don't to know. be honest. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that KU's not done. They could still go out and, and, and get another player. But to your point, like it, it would, it's, would probably be a guy that could potentially shove out somebody else, right? Like if you get, let's say you, are, let's say you do want a Grant Nelson, who is a great player, you bring him in. What does that do for KJ Adams, right? What, yeah. what, what does that do for his situation? Well, that's a piece of this. I definitely want to spend a lot more time tomorrow talking about you know projected starting five rotation. Well, we who's get, this going to impact? Forty five minutes. minutes tomorrow. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, but I I do want to at least bring it up now. The idea that it, it's going to depend how KU plays. Is Kevin going to be yeah. the three, or is Kevin going to play a lot at the four? Does it matter? Does it matter if he starts at the three or four? Because he's just going to play both. Exactly. Like if you just have those five guys on the floor. Does it matter right. what they're what they're playing, what right. their position? But I guess my question becomes: What does it impact more? Does it impact more? Is he taking a big chunk from KJ playing at the four, or is he taking a big chunk if he's playing the three? Of essentially one of Arterio Morris, El Marco Jackson, or Nick Timberlake is going to get t- a chunk Maybe, of ten less minutes know, per game yeah, now, exactly, or something, like 10, right? Fifteen minutes per game instead of more. That becomes the question to me, and who's going to get upset now? If you look at it from a standpoint of who's going to get upset, the beauty of having Nick Timberlake, he's an older player that seems to, I, I think it I would. I think he knows his role. Right. I'm sure he was told you get to come in and compete to be a starter. And and I think it would make sense for Nick Timberlake to be a starter when you look at the rest of the lineup, you need his three-point shooting. Um, at the end of the day, like Arterio Morris, if you told him he need, he was going to be a starter, but now it changes because you have to start Timberlake at the two and Kevin at the three, well, guess what? He already used his free transfer. You know what I mean? Like, I, point blank, honestly. Um, so I, I think that, uh, the biggest thing here is, I guess, what is this going to do for KJ Adams? Like you were mentioning, is he going to be unhappy with a different role? Is he still going to start at the four? Is Kevin going to eventually start at the four? Uh, I I guess I'll, I'll just finish with this. What would be your projected starting five right now? I think it has to be Dickinson, KJ, McCuller, and then I, I, I guess Timberlake. With Dewan, I I would do that too for what it's worth. I think that in theory, Arterio Morris would get the start at the two if they had more shooting. I mean, I guess they could, need it I with Timberlake. Could, I guess you could throw out a lineup of Dickinson, McCuller, yeah, Timberlake, Arterio, right. Oro Marco, and then Dewan. Well, and I I could see I could see the situation being that KU closes some games if they're winning late defensively with even KJ at the five, Kevin at the four. You have Arterio at the two, um, 
who knows, maybe even El Marco at the three. And then I, I think that realistically... Yeah, I mean, the beauty of the situation for KU is KJ can play the five. Right. He just did it for a whole right. year. So and he can not, be your backup five guy. It might not matter who starts because they could all get, you know, 20, yeah, exactly. 25 they're all getting, If everyone's getting between 25 and 27. And you're winning. Yeah, who cares? Everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, who cares? All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm, you win a national championship? Yeah, who cares? I'm Derek Johnson. We're going to take a timeout. We'll have a little bit longer than the 3 o'clock hour. Then we'll get to some RCST trivia. Brian Haney will join us later in the 4 o'clock hour. And then uh, Florida Man Mad Libs in the 5 o'clock hour. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. <laughs> Welcome back into RCST Trivia on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We are brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River Rap Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows or Doors Project, Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with windows and door solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation at PellaKansas.com. We already have the winner of the Pella Windows and Doors region. That was Kyle Martin yesterday. We now are going to figure out who's going to be winning the River Rat Print and Skate region. As up for grabs is the uh, championship of the region between the three-seed Isaac Henderson and the four-seed Sam Oliver. We have another trivia matchup later today, which is another 3-4 in the 23rd Street Brewery region, Andrew Wymore versus Brian Rainey. And in uh, the case of Isaac, he's gone 15-2 and all-time on trivia matchups. That's second-most wins ever. 67-7 and on questions. That's the second-most correct questions ever and he's 9-0 this year he is the one-time champion two-time phenomenal four participant looking to make his third for Sam Oliver he has gone 6-2 and 24-2 on questions all time 8-0 this year he's looking to make his first phenomenal four once again our title sponsors Johnny's Tavern Pella Windows and Doors 23rd Street Brewery and River at Print and Skate let's get into our first grade eight matchup of the day this is a 3-4 matchup, a phenomenal four on the line between Isaac Henderson and Sam Oliver. And for Isaac, you've been in the grade eight three times. For Sam, you've been in the grade eight two times. Isaac looking to make your third phenomenal four. Sam, you're looking to make your first. Isaac, I want to start with you. We were, we were talking before the event started, and you said this is the round you feel the least pressure on, which when you think of the NCAA tournament, usually this is the one that you feel the most because it's like, this is as close as you can get before you get a banner. So, so why do you feel like this is the least pressure of any round? Uh, I mean, some of it may have to do with with the experience, I guess. But I think you don't want to lose early on the first two rounds. A lot of pressure. You actually want to feel like you're in it, and then you know you get to the next round, final four, playing for a championship. There, there's just a little more increased pressure there. So, uh, at this point, we're just kind of in that middle ground of you know. We, we didn't get embarrass ourselves, but we're not quite at the final stage yet. So um, just, just said, um, I think familiarity and experience is a little bit to do with it, but uh, we're obviously we're going to try to get to uh, those more pressure-filled rounds uh, next week. Sam, this is your second grade eight. I think in your first one you lost to Tate Voback, who's been a uh, consistent presence but was unable to make it to this one. Um, did you take anything from your first grade eight? I, I don't know. Do you feel more or less comfortable here in, in your second go-around? Uh, that first one was fun just because it was my first year in it at all. But, uh, you know, this time around, it's it's a little more nerve wracking. I won't lie, just because, you know, when you're going up against the Wonderkind himself, I don't know, uh, you probably need a little bit of luck. But, um, yeah, you know, obviously you want to get to the Phenomenal Four and get over the hump uh, and not get stuck in the in the regionals. So, um, yeah, a little bit of pressure, but I'm, I'm excited and ready to go. 
All right, well, so far you guys have collected prizes for making the Sizzling 16, a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, an RCST Trivia t-shirt from River App Print and Skate, tickets to a sporting KC2 game, then for making the grade eight, a blue or white number one Kansas basketball mini jersey, which, hey, you can get your uh, Kevin McCuller one for next year with mini jerseys, a KU t-shirt from Home Field Apparel, use code RCST at checkout for 20% off your first order, a voucher for a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich at McDonald's, $14 car wash pass at Mr. D's Auto Wash, an auto entry into trivia next year with the top two seed. Whoever wins this matchup, you're getting a $50 gift card to Johnny's Tavern and one of these that I'm wearing a Johnny's Tavern hat. You are getting an RCST Trivia Phenomenal 4 t-shirt and Trivia hat with a Phenomenal 4 logo on the side. A Phenomenal 4 trophy from Jayhawk Trophy where you can get all your custom awards, plaques, trophies, and they're engraving experts too at Jayhawk Trophy and a one seed in RCST Trivia for 2024. Sam, you are the lower seed here. Or no, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Sam is the lower seed, is the four seed. Um, so you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Okay, second it is, Isaac. That means you're going to go first. We'll start in the really easy round and double down in all the rounds till we get a winner. All right, Isaac, your first question. This Jayhawk guard scored a Bill Self KU NCAA tournament player high 32 points in a 2009 first-round victory over North Dakota State. Sharon Collins. It was Sharon Collins. He set that record in 2009 for an NCAA tournament game under Bill Self. All right, Sam, your first question. This Jayhawk shooting guard tied that same record that was set by Sharon Collins. He did it in an NCAA tournament game in the 2018 Elite Eight win over Duke when he scored 32 points through overtime. What's his name? Malik Newman. March Malik, and that was certainly the fun one. Needed overtime to get to that 32, but counts all the same and certainly was just as fun. All right, second easy question. This one back to you, Isaac. On January 28th of this past year, Kansas won their Big 12 SEC Challenge game 77 to 68 on the road against the Wildcats of what school? Kentucky. Kentucky, that was a fun one. Kind of a slump buster for KU after they had lost three consecutive games. All right, your second question, Sam. On February 28th of 2023, so this past year, Kansas clinched the Big 12 title with a senior night victory 67 to 63 against the Red Raiders of what school? Texas Tech. Yep, Texas Tech. Kind of an ugly game. Need a little late heroics, but they found a way to get the win. And just like that, we move up to the medium round of questions, and we go back to you, Isaac. Name this Jayhawk guard who wore the number two uniform in the 2018 to 2019 season before transferring away to DePaul and later Miami. Charlie Moore. Charlie Moore did not have a good season at KU, uh, but turned out to be a good player for Miami. He's a good player before KU, a good play after KU. Sometimes the lights just get to you. All right, Sam, your medium round question. Name this Jayhawk guard who wore the number three uniform in the 2012 to 2014 range before or during those two years for KU before transferring away to Nebraska and then later Syracuse. Andrew White. Andrew White. I would have given you bonus points if you said Andrew White the third, but counts all the same. And yes, he ended up at both those schools. Man, I feel like we're going rapid fire here. You guys are not taking any of the clock. You were just nailing these right away. I feel like I need a deep breath. All right, another medium question for you, Isaac. 
What seed was Kansas in the 2004 NCAA tournament when they made the Elite Eight? They were a four seed. They were a four seed, and uh, they ended up having to take on the nine seed, or maybe it was the eight seed, in the Sweet 16 and got through and then lost a close one in the Elite Eight. All right, Sam, to move us to the hard round, what seed was Kansas in the 2005 NCAA tournament in which they lost in the first round? I think that was a three seed. They were a three seed. Sometimes you can forget, were they a three, were they a four, because they were as a part of a couple of those first-round losses. But the three seed is correct. All right, we're moving up to the hard round. Now things really getting intense with stuff on the line for a phenomenal four. Back to you, Isaac. In KU's 2014 second-round NCAA tournament loss to Stanford, what Jayhawk big man led the team with 18 points? Tarek Black. Tarek Black is the correct answer. He was on one that day, was trying everything to extend his collegiate career, but unfortunately, they fell just short. All right, Sam, your hard question. Only one other Jayhawk, so Tarek Black at 18 points, only one other Jayhawk that game even logged double-digit points. What bench player on the team was second with those 12? Hmm. Oh, man, the name's totally escaping me, and I'm, uh... Ten seconds. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy. I don't... Nadir Tharp. The correct answer is, unfortunately, I, I feel like you're going to know it as soon as I say it. Connor Frankamp. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> he was he went bonkers from three at the end of the game to try to get him back in it. Then I think he missed the potential game tying three. He was the only other player. The keyword obviously there was bench player. You had a good guess with with the guard. Uh, so after hearing Connor Frank Camp, is that one where you just couldn't think of the name, but you kind of knew it in the back of your head? Yeah, that's uh, tends to happen. But yeah, totally lost it. And yeah, I mean Frank Camp makes total sense for that. But would you have hit the Tark Black one? Uh, you know, maybe I don't, I don't think so that, uh, for some reason that year is just kind of, it is a forgotten year. I'm yeah. losing it, but yeah. Um, shout out to Isaac on that. Yeah. I, Isaac, would you have hit the Connor Frank camp one? The, uh, his late little miracle run sticks out and that's, uh, that, that, that's a box score Kyle Martin specialty question to throw out there. So, so the study group paid off on that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, obviously, it feel, feels good. Two out of the three made it uh, still alive. So um, see, see, nice to see that the work pay off there. This is your third Phenomenal Four. But because last year you missed out on making the Phenomenal Four, does it feel better? Uh, definitely feels a little better. Uh, obviously, you take a year off. It just kind of uh, makes you want to get back there, makes you feel a little more special. And uh, we're excited to be back tomorrow. It's where we feel we belong. So. You were the betting favorite on the odds that were released before we started the grade eight. Do you feel like that is correct? Should you be the betting favorite? Uh, it, it's probably more based on on past performances more than necessarily anything this year. And but uh, you know, the first year when Shane put him out, I wasn't the favorite. So it's good to know that he he's wise enough in the last couple of years. <laughs> All right. Well, Isaac, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next week in the phenomenal four. Sam, oh so close once again. You'll keep knocking on the door. Eventually, you'll break through, and uh, we hope to see you back next year. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Wow. So Isaac pulls through and he is headed to his third phenomenal four, which now puts him into a tie 
There are two trivia contestants all time, and this won't get changed by our final two matchups either, that have three phenomenal fours in four years. One is Eric Hansey. The other is Isaac Henderson, and that's kind of been our GOAT debate. Right now, Eric has 18 career trivia advancements. Isaac has 16 after this one. Um, Eric has 80-something career trivia questions answered correctly. Isaac now, after going, let's see, five correct answers there, now has 72, so he's catching up there. Uh, They both have one championship. They both have three phenomenal fours. If Isaac wins it all this year, he probably has the GOAT status favored his way. If he falls maybe in the next round, then maybe it's a a true up-in-the-air debate. Maybe lean Eric from the overall numbers. So uh, we certainly have our little MJ-LeBron type of debate or Wilt Chamberlain-MJ, whatever you want to go with it, uh, debate between those two. But Isaac moving back on. Sam, a phenomenal run to get to the uh, grade 8, but I guess the phenomenal side of it just eluding by a little bit. This has been in the River Rat Print and Skate region. That means Isaac is your champion of the River Rat Print and Skate region. River Rat has screen printing and a skate shop. They have embroidery and promotional products available with art and logo creation, and they're KU licensed. Skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, and safety gear. Large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. They can help you out with custom apparel like our trivia shirts and trivia hats. Give them a follow on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at River Rat Skate Shop for the skate side. Give them a call at 785-371-1660. We have another trivia matchup coming up next as uh, it's another 3-4 matchup. Who will Isaac Henderson be taking on in the Phenomenal Four? Will it be the three-seed Andrew Wymore? Will it be the four-seed Brian Rainey? We'll find out next. This is RCST Trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in as we get ready for our second and final trivia matchup of the day in the grade eight. RCST trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River App Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. This will be for the championship of the 23rd Street Brewery region in the top left. Winner will take on the winner of our last matchup, Isaac Henderson. 23rd Street Brewery is a great spot to watch all the gaming action. You can check out the NBA Finals upcoming, the Stanley Cup upcoming. Once we get into the fall with high school, college, and professional football, they have the outdoor patio you can use right now. They even have dog friendly out there. It's a pup patio. They've got great service, great beer, great food. Try the new Fitzgerald Reuben or the classics like the Bill Self Mac and Cheese. Check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. So this uh, final matchup of the day is a 3-4 matchup, just like our first one. Andrew Wymore against Brian Rainey. Andrew has gone 8-4 and four in trivia matchups throughout his career. He has gone 41 and 4 on questions and 9 and 0 this season. For Brian, he has gone 7 and 3 in trivia matchups in his past, 28 and 5 on questions. He is 12 and 1 this season. The odds maker only put Brian at 10 to 1 odds. Andrew Wymore meanwhile is third in the odds list. So, uh, the odds maker saying that Andrew is a solid enough favorite in this one, but certainly me and Nick have been high on Brian all the way through his run so far. Uh, once again reminder to this point, 
Uh, contestants have received a gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, a RCST Trivia t-shirt from River App Print and Skate, and tickets to a Sporting KC2 game right here in Lawrence at Rock Chalk Park. That was for making the Sizzling 16. For now, making it to the Grade 8, contestants have received a blue or white number 1 Kansas basketball mini jersey from Mini Jerseys. Don't be just another fan cheering for your team. Stand out from the crowd with the perfect gift from Mini Jerseys. What better way to make a Father's Day or birthday gift special or just something for yourself because you deserve it with a gift from Mini Jerseys. Mini in size but big in spirit KU mini jerseys are a versatile gift you can showcase on your shelf on the wall of your man cave make your own rafters of KU in your basement a cover for your favorite beverage or on the tree during the holidays support your favorite KU player now you happy about Kevin McCuller coming back get his mini jersey because they're almost sold out at Kansas or at minijerseys.com slash Kansas Jayhawks that's minijerseys.com slash Kansas Jayhawks they have received a t-shirt uh, KU t-shirt from Home Field Apparel where you can get 20% off your first order with code RCST at checkout, a voucher for a free sandwich and breakfast sandwich to McDonald's, a $14 car wash pass to Mr. D's Auto Wash, an auto entry into 2024 trivia with a top two seed, and uh, more prizes to be had for whoever wins this matchup. With that said, let's get into the matchup between Andrew and Brian. So Andrew Wymore, who has made, this is his second grade eight, he has made one phenomenal four already. Brian is in uncharted territory, his first grade eight, a breakthrough this year, and looking to go a little bit further. Brian, I want to start with you here. Uh, being in your first grade eight, is it a level of nervousness? Do you feel comfortable just because you almost feel like everything's a cherry on top at this point? What What is your emotions coming into this matchup? So I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm really happy to be here. No, I just love being part of this. So I'm excited and nervous at the same time. But let's have some fun. All right. Well, Andrew, um, you were in your second grade eight. You won last time you were in this round and made the phenomenal four. Uh, what does it take to get over the hump here in this round? Well, we've been here at the 23rd Street Brewery uh, since last week. And uh, we've been studying a lot, but also have uh, done our fair share of indulging. So hopefully... Um, that doesn't interfere with uh, our, our goals today. Now, I heard Bill Self Mac and Cheese is actually helpful for your trivia. This is the, the 23rd Street Brewery region, so the winner will be the champion of the 23rd Street Brewery region. And, Andrew, you have your dog here again. Obviously, they have the pup patio at 23rd Street Brewery. Brian, you have your dog here as well. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that serves as any extra luck, but, Andrew, let me ask this. We were uh, chatting before, and you guys actually know each other ahead of time. Um, and you sent Brian a Facebook friend request. He said he claims he doesn't go on Facebook much, but will that serve as any extra motivation that he hasn't accepted the friend request? No, no, we're, we're probably on the same page there. I, I just uh, uh, pinged him with that. Um, just, just to maybe talk a little bit of trash uh, before a matchup here today. Well, Brian... No, Bri oh, go ahead. Brian, Brian knows the stuff for sure, so... Yeah, so does Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Brian, you guys have bumped into each other before. So what is what is the past? What is the history between you two? We would always see each other now at Fieldhouse, but he also he worked a little bit at, at my job. I used to work at, the, work at the election board, and he worked at the election board too for for a little bit, right? And I've seen you. We crossed paths a lot of years. So he's one of those guys you just you bump, we bump into each other a lot. And I know he knows his stuff. So he's been at this a long time. Andrew, does, does that make this more difficult because you're facing someone that, you know, you, you would feel worse if you beat? <laughs> um, no. 
Okay. <laughs> no, but 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 I I think that uh, that Brian might be a little bit confused on on this election board stuff. I'm not exactly sure uh, where where he's getting that. So ho hopefully that that's a sign like that he's off his game in the uh, in the warm up line here uh, couple, today. Like, something. I thought you worked a couple like election nights or something in Kansas City. Is that, no, that not you? No, I don't. I don't think so, Brian. <laughs> okay, my bad. Okay, my bad. <laughs> All right. Well, he's he's creating some false narratives to try to make it easier to beat. We'll see if that that affects it at all. All right. Well, uh, Brian, you are the lower seed here, just by one. You have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? No, I've had good luck going first, so. I hope I don't regret this, but I'm going to go first this time. Yeah, you haven't had to choose so far, which I, I've talked to some contestants, and they like not choosing because they, they feel worse when they get a question wrong when they would have known the other one if they chose. If they don't choose, it's like fate is deciding for them. But, uh, Brian, that means you'll be up first. We'll start in the easy round for the first of a couple questions, should you both get them right. All right, Brian, name this KU player who was a second-team AP All-American in the 1985 to 1986 season and later got his number 25 jersey hanging in the rafters in Allen Fieldhouse. It's Danny Manning. It is Danny Manning. Who could forget great Danny and, of course, the Miracles. All right, uh, Andrew, your first question. Who coached Danny Manning at KU and won a title as a head coach in 1988? Larry Brown. Larry Brown, I, I was curious if you were going to do the uh, jump into that one when you heard the who coached. Are you taking a little know. more cautious approach in the finale or in the uh, grade eight? Uh, you said something, uh, was it yesterday um, or, or Friday, about how that you know, could potentially it could. bite me if, uh, if the form of the question changed um, at some point in the middle of it. and. Yeah. I thought that, that I might take that under advisement. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a plus minus because it's got to be intimidating for opponents, but you never know. All right, second easy question for you, Brian. What double-digit jersey number, starting with the number one, did Jalen Wilson wear this past season and for his career at KU? Ten. Yep, ten. A point you had a solid, easy guess when you know the first one is one and it is a double digit. That's why it's easy. All right, Andrew, your easy question, second one, to move us to the, the medium round. What single digit jersey number did Grady Dick wear this past season for KU? Four. Yep, four is the answer, and if you know this rule about college basketball, it makes those an even easier guess if you didn't know it that you can only wear up to the digit number of five. So realistically, you both had one in six shots. All right, onto the medium round we go. Back to you, Brian. What KU sharpshooter in 1999 set the school's freshman record for most threes in a season with 79 prior to Grady Dick breaking that record this year? Jeff Boson. Jeff Boshi is the correct answer, an assassin from downtown in three-point range. But, yeah, Grady Dick was able to best that record this season. Okay, Andrew, your first medium question. What KU guard in 2002 set the school mark for most assists in a Big 12 tournament game with 15 of them against Texas Tech in the Big 12 semifinals? Can you repeat the question. Yeah, what KU guard in 2002 set the school's mark for most assists in a Big 12 tournament game with 15 of them against Texas Tech in the Big 12 semifinals? 
I'll say Aaron Miles. Aaron Miles is the correct answer. The uh, all-time Big 12 assist leader. Makes sense that he has an individual uh, honor just like that or record. Okay, Brian, back to you. Your second medium question. In two meetings with Kansas in the 2006 to 2007 season, this Texas Longhorn freshman scored 69 total points. What's his name? What year again? Uh, the 06-07 season. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the answer, and unfortunately for him, he lost both games, uh, but he certainly was amazing in both of them. All right, Andrew, your first question. In two meetings with Kansas in the 2007-2008 to 2008 season, this Kansas State Wildcat freshman scored 64 Michael total. Beasley. Yep, Michael Beasley is the correct answer. Uh, I think one of those games, Bill Self just basically tried to take everybody else away and said Michael Beasley going to get his. All right, we're going to move up. Intensity picking up for the hard round, and we're going to go back to you, Brian. In their 1997 Sweet 16 loss to Arizona, Kansas made 10 three-pointers. Three of the 10 came from Paul Pierce. Three more came from Billy Thomas. The other four three-pointers made by KU all came from what same bench player? 97? Yes. A guard? His jersey number? No. Uh, you have nine seconds. Five seconds. Ryan Robertson. Ryan Robertson at the buzzer is the correct answer. Was that a just complete guess? I was having trouble remembering the, the um, bench, but he, he just popped in there. So okay. Had a, good, had a good feeling. All right, Andrew, your question. What starter fouled out of KU's 2012 National Championship game against Kentucky for the Jayhawks? Jeff Withy. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. The correct answer is Travis Relaford. Travis Relaford hmm. fouled out of the game. And just like that, Brian, you have broken through to the phenomenal four. How does oh. it feel? Well, oh, oh, I can't believe it. Oh, I can't believe it. I might cry. I can't believe it. <laughs> can't believe it. Man, oh, man, can't believe it. Congratulations, you know, bud. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. This is like the best opponent right here, man. That's awesome. You got history, man. It's just Andrew. He knows this stuff, man. You, you won't believe it. He's like, he's like the Bill Self of trivia. You know? mm -hmm. He's the Michael Jordan of trivia series. Oh. Well, oh, yeah, Phil, elated. You, you fell just a little short on that question there, Andrew. And uh, Withy, T. Rob all had two fouls. Elijah and Tyshawn mm -hmm. with one. Relaford was the one guy with the five. I think Kevin Young had four off the bench. But obviously that was a good guess there because if it's a foul question, the center is the most obvious guy to go to. After hearing Travis yeah. Relaford, does that one stick out at all or, or ring a bell? Not really. I was at that game. Mm -hmm. I you, you, you might not be surprised to hear. But that but might make it harder. I think. That might make it harder for that one because I think they probably would have made a bigger deal about it on the broadcast than you would have noticed in person for, for Travis Relaford, right? Maybe, maybe so. And I probably would not have had as many uh, uh, drinks on Bourbon Street had I 
been elsewhere. Okay, that's that's a good point. Uh, if those would have been reversed, those questions, would you have hit the Ryan Robertson one? I I wasn't confident in it, but that was going to be my guess. Brian, if you would have got the Relaford one, would that have gone your way? No, I thought I thought I'm like Eliza or somebody fouled out that game. I don't remember Travis fouling out. So I would have missed that one. In the end, your decision to pick first could have led you to the phenomenal four here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. So it works I'm out. I'm just lucky. Man. I'm just lucky. Sometimes, sometimes, you need luck. sometimes it's just your year. Sometimes it's just your year and you need luck. Andrew, uh, still another deep run for you. Your second time making the grade eight. Heck of a run for you. Uh, what are you going to work on over the offseason to get ready for next season? I've still never had the opportunity to miss a question and stay alive. That's true. You've had, you've had the least luck in that regard. You have now missed only five questions in your trivia career at over 40 correct answers. Nobody else has had that happen. We're, we're just every single time in, in yeah. all tournaments. Five missed questions, five eliminations. Well, maybe. I, I, don't, know how you, I don't know how you prepare uh, to, to prevent that, but we just got to keep on grinding. Well, this has been the year of the breakthrough for a lot of our contestants where they've made maybe a second round or sizzling 16, but they haven't made it this far. And maybe eventually it'll turn. You keep joining. Eventually you're going to have a matchup where, or, or like a run where you'll be able to miss a couple questions and still get through. You just got to keep, keep pounding away. But obviously we know you know your stuff, and you've been one of our best contestants in this event all time. Brian, congratulations, man, and uh, we'll see you next week. I just want one question. What's your dog's name? <laughs> Her name is Trajan. Trajan, okay, okay. Would you like oh, to share uh, your we, dog's we, we, name, Brian? Oh, say it again? Would you like to share your dog's name as well? Yeah, his first name is Barkley. His middle name is Baby J. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it. Hey, Thank you. Good luck to, to you and Barkley, Brian. All right, man. Good seeing you, though. Catch you later. Likewise, bud. What a performance by Brian to make it to the Phenomenal Four. Tough luck for Andrew Wymore. Once again, RCST Trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th anniversary. That's good news for you because you'll be receiving all sorts of the great specials at your local Johnny's with now 13 locations from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. They're going to have a 70th anniversary celebration at the original location in North Lawrence where you can be part of the neighborhood porch. You can try any of the great food or drink, including the new blue-collar lager, a beer you can only get a Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. So we now know Brian Rainey, the four seed versus the three seed. Isaac Henderson will be one phenomenal four matchup. We will have Kyle Martin against the winner of our matchup tomorrow, which is Justin Nichols against Ben Wilson. That'll do it for today's episodes of RCST Trivia, which once again are uh, two trivia winners for today, getting a $50 gift card to Johnny's Tavern, a Johnny's Tavern hat, a RCST tri Trivia Phenomenal 4 t-shirt and Trivia Phenomenal 4 hat from River at Print and Skate, a Phenomenal 4 trophy from Jayhawk Trophy, and a one seed in 2024 RCST Trivia. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk and RCST Trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, and River at Print and Skate. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We'll get to some more Kevin McCuller talk and uh, Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Joined now, though, by the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney. And I guess we should just, right off the bat, you're getting to call the, the KU baseball action this week over in Arlington for the Big 12 tournament. Quite the first game performance 
Uh, what would you say carried KU to, to the win today the most over Texas? You know, it, it was really a game you could divide up into several chapters and chunks. And, you know, in the first six innings, you'd say it was Colin Baumgartner, you know, really doing a, an effective job of keeping the Texas bats at bay. This is a club that hits more than 300 as a team. And obviously he took two out of three in Lawrence, but Baumgartner had beaten them and, and held them in check in his start on May 5th, and he did a lot of the same stuff in this one. But then, obviously, they find a way to tie the game, and uh, you know, six innings of one earned run ball, two runs total allowed by Baumgartner, and then the grand slam breaks it wide open. So that was the singular big play of the day, but I think just uh, you know, a steady diet of Kansas being offensively engaged throughout, because what that did was, it knocked the Big 12 pitcher of the year, Lucas Gordon, out of the game early. They were getting on base. They were working long counts. They had a lot of you know, eight to ten pitch at-bats that got his pitch count up, and that allowed them to feast on, on Staley in the bullpen in the breakthrough seventh inning. So kudos to Jansen Reeder and, uh, and kudos to Colin Baumgartner. And then Daniel Trumper slammed the door in the last three innings. So total team win. I don't think anybody on this team is the least bit surprised because even though technically it's an eight seed beating a one with Baumgartner on the mound, that's five straight quality starts out of him. And they really felt like no matter who they drew as their one seed, they were going to have a great shot. And so sure enough, he pitches them to another win. And now it's going to be wide open from here as to what the pitching plan could look like tomorrow, let alone for the rest of the weekend, because you've got a lot of capable options, but not a lot of consistent options. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how Coach Fitz and Brandon Scott, the pitching coach, decide to stack it. Well, and I guess what does this this represent for the program in terms of the progress that we've seen this program have in year one of the Dan Fitzgerald era? Uh, who knows how far this run will go in the Big 12 tournament, but I guess is this meaningful in some way above just the one win, both in terms of making it to Arlington and having a performance like this? I think it is, and, and the way these guys recruit, uh, I mean, they're – such movers and shakers and they're on top of everything and anytime something positive happens they're sending that out tweeting that out capitalizing on it striking while the iron's hot and so this will be one of those singular moments where whether they take a picture of the jansen reader grand slam celebration or maybe it's a picture of them applying their sticker on the bracket to survive in advance so to speak they'll use this to capitalize on it in recruiting, whether it leads to extending their season or not. But they were already doing things that were going to look good in a recruiting mailer when you double your Big 12 win total from the year earlier, when you have the Big 12 freshman of the year for the first time in program history in Cody Shojinaga, you know, five all-conference players that were uh, you know tabbed by the league's coaches. All these things were going to look good, but I think this ends up being one of those big bulleted items when you look back on year one of the Dan Fitzgerald era. Who knows how, how long the run goes, like you said, Derek, but I think this now becomes one of those top three or four bullet points on achievements in the first year, and that makes this week already a success, no matter what follows it. Well, meanwhile, uh, two weeks from tomorrow exactly is when the festivities start for the Rock Chalk Roundball Classic. I guess, actually, maybe two weeks from today with the uh, – uh, lunch uh, beneficiary, if that's going to happen again over at Jefferson's. Uh, but I guess take us through. Take us through the whole week of events that, that's going to uh, be on the schedule for this year. 
Well, thanks for the platform to talk about it. We're really excited. This is our 15th year of the Rock Chalk Roundball Classic and Great Plains Media and KLWN has been a tremendous partner throughout. Obviously, I was sitting in your seat there, Derek, back when we started this thing in 09 and carried the broadcast here on KLWN, had all the commercials running just as we do today. And so as I get a little bit nostalgic and, and thankful for everybody that's contributed for a decade and a half of this thing, it started with, with GPM, Great Plains Media. So big thanks to everybody over there, Rebecca, uh, John Flood back in the day, and, and all the current leadership, obviously, and, and you especially, Derek, as sports director. So we're excited about that. And then, you know, we've got now a three-pronged weekend of fundraising with the Celebrity Dinner the following night, Friday the 9th. That's presented by Johnny's. It's over at the Birds Union. And uh, we'll have a celebrity at every table. We'll have current players and former players. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Saturday, you have the Round Bowl Classic, which is presented by Jefferson's and hosted by Royal Crest Lanes. And that's a really fun, interactive opportunity where uh, you get to have a bowling team of four people and your fifth member is a celebrity. And after game one, you trade celebs with whoever's on the lane next to you. So you get two separate games with two separate celebrities and just a lot of cool FaceTime and interaction time that you wouldn't get in any other setting. So it ends up being a full weekend of, of three events and obviously we've got six tremendous kids that were benefiting this year and then something new this year that we're unveiling for the first time is a year-round benevolence fund where we can benefit other kids in the, the non-summertime uh, months. Normally all of our fundraising and giving happens right around the, the June-July months, but this will now allow us to take a kid that wasn't a starting five beneficiary and invite him to a game in Allen Fieldhouse sitting next to one of our round ball celebs, one of our former Jayhawks, and spending the evening with him. You know, two hours watching the game, and then at the end of the night, that former player will present the kid with a check to help with his uh, cancer-fighting um, expenses. And so we're, we're going to set aside a certain amount of money each year now for that so that we can be able to, to bless kids 12 months out of the year. That's our hope. That's our aim. And, and it's something only made possible by the generosity of Jayhawk Nation for now 15 years, something that's just grown bigger and bigger. And, you know, you're part of that, Derek. You, folks should know Derek doesn't just uh, uh, put his mouth where the game is. He puts his money where his mouth is. He, he was raising the paddle with, with big figures to donate last year, and that wasn't lost on me or anybody else that worked so hard for this cause to see you not only giving of your time and talents, but also of your resources. So we appreciate you, brother. That's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're really excited about the, the lineup we're unveiling, too. I'm sure that's the next question. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be as good or better of rosters that we've ever had. And then the hope is by the time the final uh, names are announced, it'll, it'll be the best turnout in terms of star power round balls ever seen. And that's, that's our goal every year. It sounds cliche when I say it, but you know me. I'm pretty competitive. And so I, I, I take it personally if we don't get as good of a roster <laughs> one year to the next. So I, I think the way this one's rounding into form, it's, it's going to be right up there with one of our all-time great games. Well, I guess uh, to that roster point, I don't know if there's uh, everybody that you can release. I, I don't know if there's still something in the air, but uh, just in terms of what you can tell us for the roster, so far I've seen Ben McElmore and uh, Svi uh, released out on social media. Uh, any other names that, that you can let us know about? Yeah, totally. We're still kind of milking it one a day to build suspense, and, and part of that obviously is also just 
making sure guys that verbals uh, are, are indeed going to be able to, to be there. Because a lot of times stuff comes up. Sometimes guys playing overseas have a, a you know postseason run that lasts a little bit longer, that kind of thing. But we also do it day by day just to build the suspense. And the names we've announced include the two you mentioned with Svi and Ben McLemore, Devontae Graham, Yudoka Azubuki, uh, Cole Aldrich, Sharon Collins, Brandon Rush, Keith Lankford, Tyshawn Taylor. Uh, we've not yet announced Devon Dotson. I think he's tomorrow's announcement. Um, I think we're going to wind up with seven or eight NBA guys uh, when it's all said and done. And, uh, and then a slew of, of other you know, notable names that were either all-conference or, or certainly prominent players at KU in their time. So we're excited about that. Greg Ostertag is going to be a head coach this year. He played last year, and he's probably in good enough shape to play again this year. But you know, I'm on the other side of 40, and I find the recovery after doing physical exertion to that degree is a lot tougher now at 42 than it ever was. Just imagine being 7'2", and on the other side of 50, and trying to run up and down the floor with the likes of Cole Aldrich and Darnell Jackson and some of these bigs. Oh, Mitch Lightfoot, by the way, we just announced him the other day. He'll be making his round ball debut. So uh, Greg Ostertag would never back down from a one-on-one, but he decided since he's driving all the way from Central Texas, probably better to coach this year. <laughs> so coach Big O. And, and to be honest with you guys, I don't know who our other head coach is going to be yet. We've got several other coaches committed. Um, we've got, you know, we've tried to get the biggest storyline of who would be great pitted against Ostertag. And so I'm still trying to figure that out with the options we have available because there's a couple of guys that are either going to play or coach. And depending on what happens there, one of them may be the head coach if you catch my drift. So, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have north of 40 guys and gals back. We'll have a couple of women's players, a couple of football players, as we always do. But I think you'll really be impressed when you see the final rosters revealed. And uh, sadly, for those asking, Ochai can't make it this year, but he's sending a game-used autographed jersey from the Utah Jazz to auction off on our dinner night. And then uh, Christian Brown's going to be kind of busy, it looks like, so he can't make it, <laughs> but for very good reason. So, so we get that. But, but yeah, so there's some other guys that we've never had before. There's a couple... Huge, huge names that I haven't mentioned yet because they are 80% in, but working out some final details. And uh, I, I want to make sure we feel a little more soundly and solidly before I trot those out. But, yeah, we, we like how it's trending. I'll put it that way. That's awesome. And and I think one of my favorite things with Ben McElmore coming to this every year, or I guess there was the one year, I forget if it was last year or two years ago, when, when he just couldn't make it. But you see – what it means to some of these players. And, and for some of them, you can see it click even more. And I think he's one of those guys. But you also see the impact that the Lawrence community has on them. Guys like that who, you know, they come back. And, and even if they were only in Lawrence playing college hoops for, you know, a year or two or a short stay, you, you see that it means a second home to them. And, and I always, I love hearing the Ben McElmore st- uh, kind of stories and, and the impact that he has on the event and the event has on him kind of every year from you. There were two singular moments that are amongst the all-time great round ball moments, and both involved Ben. Uh, and I think that's partly why he's latched onto this event as such an annual participant, one of which you might recall, you would have been really young, and, and Nick was probably in middle school. But uh, we had a guy by the name of Levi Ross, who was 18 years old, and unfortunately he had a terminal ca- uh, cancer diagnosis and was told that he only had a matter of months to live. And his dying wish 
was to take a, a, a guy's trip, him and his best friend, and drive down Highway 1 on the California coastline. You're from out that way. You know what I'm talking yep. about. It's a gorgeous drive. And uh, problem is, he doesn't have a car. And Crown Automotive and Miles Snare have been great friends and partners of mine for a long time. I was living in Texas at the time. This is back when I was doing Texas Tech. And I call Miles and I say, listen, not that we would ever rig anything, but you, you do this half-court shot to win a car contest. What if we had a second car and, and we rigged it you know, to where he could win that one? And, and you know, we, we call his name as a surprise. And then instead of having to hit a half-court shot, we'll let him pick any player on the bench. And if he completes an alley-oop lob dunk to that player, he wins the car. And Miles loved the idea. He's like, yes, I'm in. And so, uh, sure enough, we, we didn't tell Levi a thing. And, you know, it, if you were there that night, you, you noticed it was kind of tough for him to get around based on the location of the tumor in his neck. It was hard for him to, to shoot or throw a ball. But we, we, we said, hey, congrats, you know, you're the winner. But we're going to scoot you a little bit closer. We got him up to the three-point line. We said, you know what, we're going to take a couple steps even closer. We moved him up to the free-throw line. And we said, you know what, I know you can hit this shot, but wouldn't it be more fun if you – threw an alley-oop to your favorite Jayhawk, and he's like, yeah. And so we said, pick anybody on the bench. And he picked high-flying, death-defying, 360-slam-dunk Ben McLemore. And uh, he lobbed a perfect alley-oop, and Ben rocked that rim, and it went all the way to Sports Center. It was one of the top plays of the night. Wow. And he got the car, and he got his last wish, and he got to take that trip with his best buddy, which was so cool. And then just real quickly, you know, Ben uh, – early in his time coming back had asked me to let his brother play with him because he never had a chance to, to play in front of the Kansas fans with his brother. And the season after his brother played, we I mean, had two Macklemores on the floor, tragically he lost his life. And so the following year we had a special tribute video to Kevin. And I think that meant a lot to Ben. And, and it was one of those moments where he realized, you know, the people in this community, the people in this cause, um, you know, we're, we're as much all in on supporting the players as we are the, the beneficiaries. And I think for those two reasons, it's, it's been something that's been on his mind and tugging at his heartstrings every year. And guys like him and Devontae and Cole Aldrich, Steve McKayluke that make it a part of their summer each and every year. We're just so grateful. And those are guys that truly get it, what this is all about, which is using your platform and your position of influence to give back. And those are my favorite guys. And, uh, and we got, 30 of them coming back like that. So we're really, really blessed with the group we have coming. He is Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. We'll have plenty more on the Round Ball Classic over the coming weeks and, and so forth. And you'll be able to hear him on the rest of the action this week on KLWN with KU Baseball. Brian, appreciate the time, man, and have a fun stay down in Arlington. Hey, I have a feeling Kevin McLemore is, is going to be a guy that comes to Round Ball every single year because he's cut from a similar cloth. He gives back a ton, and he's got that kind of heart. Oh, Kevin Aren't McLemore. we all fired? Did I say McLemore? Yes. <laughs> I'm going, yeah, they're I'm close. Going two hours sleep. <laughs> I'm going to Kevin McCuller is, is cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm telling you, man, one of my favorite guys I've ever covered, he has that way about him. And so aren't we excited about Kevin McCuller today? Aren't we excited about being number one with a bullet heading into next season? I mean, wow, the talent, the experience. The leadership that's coming back on this team now, both ends of the floor. I mean, what's not to like? So happy Kevin McCuller Day, everybody. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Let's, let's talk again next week.
because we inch our way closer and get those game tickets at 23rd Street Brewery in Lawrence or in Topeka and Kansas City at Jefferson's and Johnny's. You can find out all the details on our website, rockchockroundballclassic.com. All right, check that all out. Brian, thanks again, man. Thanks, fellas. All right, uh, let's talk more about Kevin McCuller, what he was just talking about there. But again, check out with the Rock Chalk Roundball Classic. Two hours down, one to go. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk News Alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and that's time. It's that time on a Wednesday. Uh, Sam Speck joins us in studio for Florida Man Mad Libs. That's right. Back on a regular day. Gentlemen, uh, again, a tied last week. But, Derek, I believe you are actually, Nick, I don't want to worry you. I think if we were going to go off of the regular week basis that we had in the last two seasons. Derek, you win today. You win season number wow. three. So This early. That early. That's because of the where we're oh, at. This early. It's four, one, and three. So you guys have tied three times. Derek with four wins, just one loss. Aggregate points are somewhat close, but... Nick, it is time to win out, baby. That's what you got to do. You got to win out from here on. Uh, obviously, we'll keep up the fun and things like that. But here it is. Uh, again, for you at home, here's how it goes. We have four headlines, all legitimate headlines. In the first round, there's only one redacted phrase or word. The next three, there will be two. First round's worth one point. The next three rounds are a potential worth of three points. So you're encouraged to play at home, keep track of your score, and, of course, listen to these two men Dive down whatever rabbit hole they think these headlines are. So, you guys uh, you guys ready to roll? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. So ready. All righty. So, we're going to stay here in the Sunflower State, actually, as a Kansas man. That's right. Kansas man was arrested after crashing pickup attempting to blink. Is there any concern about us doing Kansas man and then that guy, like, listening? I, I've thought about that, Well, actually. what if they would feel honored by it? <laughs> like the guy in the Bud yeah. Light can? The one that yeah, we did a couple no, weeks ago? Yeah, if that yeah. was me, I'd be like, dude, hell yeah. That's I made fake. the news. That's right. But again, a Kansas man arrested after crashing pickup truck, attempting to change clothing, light a joint, or drive with his feet. <laughs> so, oh, man. I really want to go drive okay. with his feet. Drive with feet sounds like this. It's like you're with a buddy, and he's like, dude, I dare you to drive with yeah. your feet here. And then he, you try it, and you crash. Definitely. That, the, I, the, I immediately. Or maybe you're late for work, changing clothes. Yeah, the or changing something, clothes, I think, is maybe the most like practical. The lighting a joint one, I have. I mean, sure, I guess it's challenging to do both at the same time, but like, I don't know. I, that one doesn't really speak to me. Not, not, not really inspired. Not feeling it. Not. Feeling I'm not it. really inspired by that one. Derek, so. what are you thinking, or what are you hoping? I no. I, I my immediate <laughs> thought was the 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 driving with the fuel. I don't even. Remember. What was the first one? Uh, changing clothing. Changing clothing. Lighting a joint yeah. or driving with his. Like feet. I could see it being changing. Clothing. I could see it being that. Like maybe that okay. is unorthodox. Maybe it's I guess. like you are in a relationship and you were going to see someone that you were like not supposed to be seeing. You're like, okay, I need to change quick. Yeah. On my way back to see my actual girlfriend. Oh, and then, Nick. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, are you speaking from experience? No. No. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm where are we? Where are we I'm thinking? Going, I'm going feet. Even so, though I'm, I'm starting. To I'm going to go. Is that I'm going to go. But. Since Derek's going with feet, I'm going to go with change of clothing. Okay. Okay. So both lock it in I'm on. Not speaking from experience. Different. <laughs> different answers here. Here it is. Full unredacted headline. Make sure you have your answers locked in at home. Kansas man arrested after crashing pickup truck, attempting to light a joint. That's oh, what it was. Oh, and if you dude, gentlemen, that one was too obvious. That, yeah. see, that just yeah. Okay. And take a wild guess. Bonus points, but uh, more like a bonus high five. Guess what day it was on. Fairly it's on recent. 420? Yeah, there you go. Bonus oh, high five. That a boy. Oh, All right. So you would have told us the date. If that had been in Missouri, <laughs> I would have guessed. I would have ah, guessed. But lighting a truck. Right. Then would have you gotten in trouble for it? Uh, he well, crashed his car. It was a pretty epic <laughs> crash. Apparently, he like went over the median a couple lanes and then found a light pole. He's fine. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, that, that was the uh, ensuing of it. But nobody coming away Jeez. with a point except for the house there. Let's get into it. Again, these next three headlines have two redacted words or phrases with the potential for three points. So uh, still scoreless. But now we go up to the Northeast. A New Hampshire man charged after detonating blank for blank. <laughs> Okay. So again, two redacted words or phrases. Let's I'm get to the I'm first one. one. Oh, it is fantastic. A New Hampshire man charged after detonating his car, a grenade, or 80 pounds of explosives for blank. And we okay. will get to that second See, all these are similar enough. <laughs> they are. It's, also, it's is this our first New Hampshire man? I think, I think so. so yeah. Like, not a lot of New crazy Hampshire, stuff happens New in New Hampshire. Well, and I love yeah, the I word. Mean, you never know. How it, says, <laughs> it says detonating. And uh, if you guys know the, the state slogan for New Hampshire, it's live free or die. So this guy is right on cue with the uh, wow. state yeah. slogan. Yeah, New Hampshire has a long history. I think, or no, it's actually it's Rhode Island, I think, that has a long history of... of uh, being annoying in terms of like <laughs> the constitution and stuff. Long so again, so. he's detonating something for something, but it's either a grenade, his car, or 80 pounds of explosives. Man, this is tough because you could reasonably assume it could be any of those. Right. I mean, okay. Like, it, this was a hard one to come up grenade, with. With a grenade, would you say detonating a grenade? Would you use the word detonate for a grenade? Mm, I see what you're doing here. I Try feel like use... you maybe would. I feel like it would not. You would not say detonate. Technically, you're not. But I, I'm trying to think like what other word would you use to try to keep it a short? Explodes, destroys. Yeah. Not, you know whatever. Fires off something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't it think is. it's grenade. I don't think it's grenade. But the I'm ruling out grenades. Pounds of explosives. That's a lot of explosives. Where did he get all? Dude, that? eighty pounds of. That's like, that would cause like a massive earthquake. I feel. Right. Like. Oh, it did. I think it's car. I think he blew up his car. For what? I don't know. I'm excited to see to hear the second one. <laughs> so, Derek, with, are you I'm going with 80 pounds of explosives? Okay, so Nick's going to go with 80 pounds. You you locking in with car, Derek? Yes, I am. Okay, so we're locked in on the first one. New Hampshire man charged after detonating again either a grenade, his car, or 80 pounds of explosives for revenge, a gender reveal, or for no apparent reason. Uh that's so. a tough one. Because it could <laughs> just be for no apparent it could, reason. It literally should be. Just, stuff up it somehow. could be literally, I just want to blow this up. Gender reveal. Man, okay. gender reveals have gotten I out think of hand. Gender so. reveal makes the most sense for a grenade, though. Like a colored yeah. grenade or yeah, a colored right. explosive. Because yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, 80 pounds <laughs> for a gender reveal? <laughs> like, a little excessive. <laughs> I mean, it's excessive no matter how you, It's 80 pounds. It's, it's a boy. No it's excessive no matter what, what he's doing with it. We'll see. Okay, the revenge one could be the car. Oh yeah. What if, no, okay, like, wait. But did it say his car? Yes. No, it just said for revenge. Oh no, yes, it was detonating, detonating his, his car. car the first. But, time. Why would he detonate his own car for revenge? I I don't know. What if it was like a car that him and his wife bought or something, and his wife cheated? And he on was it. like, oh. you know, I don't know. Screw you, like that, right? <laughs> Might still be in his name, but it's. I think I have. His wife's I think car. I have I to know. go with for no apparent reason. That's my answer. Yeah. What if he's on his wife's or, or they're getting divorced? Somebody. It's her insurance plan. <laughs> 
There you go. You know. So Nick, are you locking in for no reason? I'm going no apparent reason. Yeah, I don't. No I mean, I, I, that's, I, I'm going to do know. gender reveal. I don't think my first one's right. I don't think I don't think I don't think my first one's right. I okay, think it's okay. the grenade and gender. So you're just so I'm like kind on. of hedging, okay. hedging my bet. Yeah. All righty. So uh, the two are locked in. Hopefully you at home is locked in. Here it is, full and redacted. New Hampshire man charged after detonating detonating eighty pounds of explosives for a gender reveal. Dude. <laughs> and yes, it did, eighty pounds. It did come up on the seismic graph, so it caused a wow. slight tremor in the surrounding area. What I want to know is, like, Bro. how did they get the coloring in there? Wouldn't it just be a fireball? There, I have there wouldn't infinite be pink questions. Or blue. How, who, how do you just get 80 <laughs> pounds of explosives? And why? Uh, is there any chance it, by, like, that the headline writer over exaggerated and they were just like fireworks? That's like still a lot of fireworks, but fireworks? Something like that's that. More I don't doable, know. That's doable, you know? Wouldn't they just say fireworks instead of explosives? Maybe they want. I mean, explosives. It's a more sexy you, headline. How do you misconstrue explosives? They're embellishing. Explosives I don't think they were. Equals now, explosives. again, gentlemen, you got to remember there are even simple gardening items that can be used as explosives. Enough uh, fertilizer, enough things like that. So, I mean, you can compile something that can go boom. Certainly. Now, did he order it offline? I'm, I'm very or is this like an Amazon cart, 80 pounds of do explosives? Need, do we need know, to but... check on New Hampshire? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> still there. How are they doing we up need there? To send somebody up there to check on them. All right. So each coming away with a point there. Good job, gentlemen. Here is one of my favorite ones. It's a mouthful. All righty. Uh, and we actually have to jump the pond. So we go over oh. to the UK. A, uh, I love this. Psychopathic seagulls steal blank from beachgoers, then start blanking UK residents. So let's get to the first one. Uh, psychopathic seagulls steal umbrella, food, or synthetic marijuana from beachgoers, All right. then start blanking UK residents. I have a question. How does the writer of this headline know that the seagulls are psychopathic? Well, all Isn't seagulls that a bit are unfair? <laughs> they are. Isn't seagulls, that a bit unfair to just seagulls assume? Seagulls just are in general. But is, don't you think that's not fair to just assume they are? No, I, I think it's very fair. <laughs> seagulls <laughs> are awful, dude. <laughs> I, honestly, I've never experienced a seagull. So okay, yeah, you know. go to the beach, you're eating food, they'll like come up to you and just like grab it out of your hand. They'll not just that, you, but they will swoop by. down towards you as well. I mean, yeah, they'll get man. really I've close to your head. I mean, I've never. Seagulls and geese can live without them. Um, okay, what were the options again? Okay, it I'm is going either synthetic marijuana, uh, synthetic marijuana, or spice is what it's known as. Spice. Their umbrella or food from beachgoers, which is very common for seagulls to do, and then they started uh, blanking UK residents. We'll okay. get to the second one here. In a second. I think the synthetic marijuana one makes sense because, like, they steal it, they get high, and then they go do something to other residents, right? Yes. Does that make the most sense? Now, food would make the most sense because they do it all the time. Yeah. But I think it's synthetic marijuana would it, for that reason. I mean, could they even steal the umbrella? It'd, It'd be hard. Those, I feel like you have to, to do it in packs umbrella. or Maybe smaller. it's one of those like, personal ones. What about the little ones you put in your drinks? Oh, <laughs> that'd be hilarious if that was the actual I don't headline. think anybody would get mad about that. <laughs> Dude, what do you mean? Those things are adorable. Now, I will say, that actually, from me? No, wait, hey, you know if what? a seagull stole my drink umbrella, I would be pissed. Wait, repeat the second part of this? <clears throat> Then starts blanking UK residents. Okay. No, I was gonna say there there are times when like the beach umbrellas get knocked out because the wind like I saw this in Florida about a year or two and it like impaled someone. Oh, oh the wind my God. The Seagulls picked up the umbrella somehow and, and it then caused like air strike. I'm gonna stick with the synthetic marijuana. So they just they just called it an airstrike with the umbrella. <laughs> <on>. I guess. <laughs> an a coordinated. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna pick food. You're going to go with food, the classic seagull. I'm having a hard time envisioning them getting an umbrella. Okay, so again, I, psychopathic seagulls steal either an umbrella, food, or synthetic marijuana from beachgoers, then start befriending, pooping on, or attacking UK residents. 
See, what if it's just as simple as they stole food and went and pooped on residents? Yeah. That, I'll be. be honest. That was my initial thought when I heard without any answers. There's going to be food and pooping on. So now you I don't know if chance. I should. But I, yeah, you right? Chance. What, are the other, what are the other options? Befriending, attacking, or pooping on UK okay. residents. I have to assume befriending is out because they called him psychopathic earlier in the headline. Well, and yeah. that would be kind of a weird tendency of a seagull, though. If, like, he was coming up being real friendly with you, I would kind of be concerned about that seagull. You know? I mean, okay, I'm not sure okay. usually. So it's down to pooping and what was the other one? Attacking. UK residents. I mean, attacking is just classic, right? It's just... That's a normal right. seagull thing to I'm do. going befriending. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's so out there. I'm going pooping. Okay. I'm just going to stick... I'm going to stick on the line. Food pooping. I'm All right. Pooping. Here's what it is. Uh, full unredacted. From the UK again, psychopathic seagulls steal synthetic marijuana marijuana from beachgoers, then start attacking UK mm. residents. So apparently, yeah, they uh, they had a, so a they bad just, trip or something like that. They got a little bit high, and then they just started freaking out. Oh, yeah, and quite literally, like I said, sometimes they'll swoop down and fly near you. These were going after people, so wow. look out, uh, UK. But Derek with one point there, so you got a 2-1 heading into this final. And again, I put that disclaimer, Nick, you got, you got to come up big here on this last one. We go back to the Sunflower State. This couldn't be any more quintessential Florida, by the way. Florida man wearing blank breaks into an alligator farm, then attacked by blank. So, what was he wearing? Let's take a peek. Florida man wearing a ghillie suit, Crocs, or lingerie breaks into an alligator farm and is attacked by blank. We'll okay. get to the second one in this moment. But. If he breaks into an alligator farm, he got attacked by alligators, right? Yeah, yeah. An alligator farm. There's what other if, things in alligator had, farms. Uh, How do you know? attack dog? I don't know. Well, well dude, it doesn't matter. You don't need an attack dog. You got alligators. You don't need an attack dog. Alligators. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking it's Crocs because the irony of wearing Crocs. You think that would be somebody would be like alligator? Farm, write the headline right? that. Yeah. I mean, the ghillie suit is interesting. The ghillie suit like, makes the most sense. Is he sense stealing? Like, is he breaking into the alligator farm to like steal some alligators? You know, yeah. he's is got he, his tactical like, suit but, on. What's, but what I'm trying to figure out is what was he going after by breaking in in the first place? I don't know. I'm going Crocs. Was he trying to steal some alligators? Was he trying to steal? I don't even know what else they would have an alligator for. I don't know. I've never been on alligator. I would imagine mostly reptiles them. and turtles and uh, like okay, so well, crocodiles and alligators. Who knows? What if he was trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out what he was trying to, what, what was the end goal of this I don't think there's anything that you can come out of this that you're going to be able to come up with one of these three answers. <laughs> I don't think you can answer it. Yeah. So again, Crocs, okay. so Andre, or yes. Gilly Suit. Hmm. I'm really torn here. I think, okay. Lingerie, just to me, is so crazy that I think it could be it. Like, this dude's just really hammered, and he just wanted to have a good time, I guess. I don't know. So I'm going to I'm gonna go lingerie. So Nick's going to go a little spicy today. Florida man wearing either Crocs, lingerie, or ghillie suit breaks into an alligator farm and is attacked by a goose, his ex-girlfriend, or a crocodile. See, there you go. Croc it's an alligator farm. Cro okay. I don't actually know what the difference is between crocodiles and alligators. One's more land. Me? Yeah, one's more land. The noses are a little different, too. Yeah, so one. They're, so they're the same thing. And uh, one you'll see later and another yes. you'll see in a while. Yeah, one of them's a lot more aggressive, too. So Okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Okay, so, so the options are crocodile, his ex girlfriend, ex -girlfriend and a goose. You never know. Maybe you just fell in there and there was <laughs> a, a rogue so goose. I mean,. So I think it's ex-girlfriend. I think it could be too, actually. I think his girlfriend because works there. What if she's like chasing him and he breaks into oh. the, the farm to try to escape, wearing and she her just lingerie, follows him in, <laughs> and is like, <laughs> it could be. I think is is 
his ex girlfriend works there. Works there or something. That would make gonna, more sense. I don't know. Either stalking her or he was gonna. Uh, what if they're still? Wait, is it ex girlfriend or just girlfriend? You know, it's ex girlfriend. Okay, I don't know. I'm just going ex girlfriend. We're going with that. So Derek locking in with ex girlfriend. But I don't think I can now because I'm trying to beat you. Well, did you pick a different first one? He did. Yeah, he I picked, picked lingerie. lingerie. You could, but then you tie me. You would not beat me. So, what are the other options? A goose, his ex girlfriend, or a crocodile. I'll just go ex-girlfriend. I think I think that's I think that's right. Alrighty, here's what it is. If we have to tie. Wait, on no, say, the, say the second one first. No, we'll build up more not, suspense. No, that's not how this works. Yes, say the no, second one first. No, just read it normally. No, say the second one first because if you say the second one first, then it still leaves in the air whether. Should I say you, you were both wrong on the second one? Okay. Okay. There you so, go. There you that's go. Fine. You were both okay. wrong in the second right. one. Okay. Here it is, full unredacted we headline. We still tie though. Yeah. Florida man wearing Crocs breaks oh. into an alligator farm and attacked. By crocodile. So uh, how it was as simple as he gets attacked by a crocodile. <laughs> you should have gone with your gut. <laughs> attack. But uh, looking it up, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things at alligator farms. Not just alligators, but uh, they've got some uh, some randoms. But gentlemen, with that, uh, I believe taking season three here in year number one thank is you, Mr. You. Derek. Congratulations. Uh, of course, we'll have other random floor demands and uh, get into the next season with that. But nice victory today. Nice victory today. So he got, two, he got two right. That's not a nice victory. Yeah, low scoring. So the house did well today. Sometimes what you we- just don't beat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's the name of the game. We don't have my, uh, time for mine today. I think we got to get out of here. Oh, that's a bummer. We'll do it off the air. So we'll do it. We'll do it next week. Um, so he is Sam Speck. That's Florida man. Mad Libs. See you in a while. Crocodile. See you later, alligator. There we go. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.